Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, you guys okay if I preach this morning? We're, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, I'm ready to go get lunch. Like, let's go. Oh, it's good when you're in the presence of Jesus, though. Time flies and things happen. Uh, man, thanks for sharing that testimony, Sarah. Like, I feel like I've already heard some preaching this morning. Like, like if, when all I'm sitting there thinking while she's testifying about healing and the promises of God. If you are wondering, what are some promises in this book about healing? What do I need to claim for myself? Go talk to Sarah after service. Say, how did you find those promises? Tell me some that I can stand on. Give me something to write down and to read. And she, she, there's some fire there. So, man, thank you, Jesus, for healing happening in this place. Oh, man. Yeah. I just I feel really good right now, so I'm I'm excited about the presence of Jesus. Uh, I want to start a new series today, and uh, how, what do you guys think of when you see un like up on the screen there? What's the first thing that pops into your head? And I, I'll tell you, I asked a couple of the creative team this week, and uh, this is not a series about the French word for one. That, that was one of the things I got back. They, I said, what do you think of when you hear un? And they said, oh, it's the French word for one. Um, this is not a series about that. Although you could preach that Jesus left the 99 to go find the one. There, there, is, there is always something about the gospel that, that you can tie it into just about anything. So wherever you are this morning, know that Jesus will leave the crowd to come find you and seek you out. He pursues us. Uh, I also got some feedback. This is not going to be a series about the United Nations. I, I got that one too. Thank you, God, for our creatives and the, the people in the church that have ideas. Uh, although you could preach that one too, because there is a throne in heaven that is surrounded by people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And he is gathering in a harvest. Even right now, it started when Jesus walked on this earth and it hasn't stopped. And that crowd has gotten progressively bigger as the ages have gone by because he gathers people from all nations. He calls us in. He makes us one together. He breaks down the dividing walls of hostility between us and makes us one new man. And uh, where I was really going with Un in this series, and, and some of you are, are sitting there looking at me the same way that the, the people I asked about this word looked at me. They're like, how is that a sermon series title? Can I tell you where I was going with it? Un, thank you for that. I got one person said, yes, please tell us already. Un is the prefix that you put in front of things to make them be the opposite. Un is what happens that... <laughs> that turns things around and upside down. It's a little word, but it makes a big difference. It changes the direction of things. In fact, un was part of one of the greatest inventions of the last 40 years. How many of you are thankful for the undo button? Come on, I am not going to give any concrete examples this morning, but I will tell you that I am old enough that I have used computers before there was autosave and undo. And there were times that I'm surprised that nothing broke, the screen didn't crack, or the keyboard didn't break when I was pounding on it. But thank God for the undo button, or as some people call it, the, the no, 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 undo, undo. Come on, who's ever said that to the screen? When, when you push the button and, and you've deleted something or something has erased, like undo is amazing because it sets things back the way that they were. It puts things back before any changes, any destruction happened, any mistakes that we made. It puts things back. Some of us in this room, you're, you were very disappointed when you realized the undo button doesn't work after you push send. Right. 
Has, has anybody ever wished that? Like, oh my gosh, can I get that back right now? Uh, the undo button doesn't work like that. It's, it's not for after you push send. There is a backspace button for that. Come on. How many of you have ever done that? You've been on social media and you type your comment and then God's grace comes upon you and you realize, okay, backspace, backspace, backspace. Is it just me? Come on. I, I know you guys. I know some of you out there. I know some of you have done that. Uh, if, if you can avoid having to use the undo button, do that first. That's just a free commercial. It's got nothing to do with the sermon. But some people were disappointed by that. But people wish the undo button actually worked outside of computers. Have you ever wished that you could have an undo moment in your life for something that's happened? There, there's a couple cartoons up here. Uh, one is of a guy. He spilled his coffee. Here's my remote. The guy spills his coffee and he's, all he's thinking is, oh, undo, undo. And how many of you have ever been like the one on the right? I need an undo button for my mouth. Oh, that, that really doesn't work. <laughs> Once those words are out there, they're out there. But the point is that un is powerful when it gets involved because it changes things, completely turns them around, 180 from where they were to where they're going. Uh, it has the opposite effect. And I find that one of the things that God does is he moves un in and out of our lives to change things about us. Maybe, maybe you, you were lacking courage and he brings courage into your life and suddenly I'm unafraid. How many of you have ever experienced the power of God doing that? Come on, think about it. For, for good or bad, it doesn't matter, but un seems to move in and out of our lives. Maybe, uh, maybe you lacked confidence and you were unsure and God gives you confidence and moves the un out of your life. It is a powerful word when we think about it. Good things happen to us, and we say what? That they're unforgettable. How many of you have had a moment where you're just like, I'll never forget that, that was so awesome. And then bad things happen sometimes that we wish we could undo. So there, there is power in that word. And sometimes we wish it were as simple as, could I just get a card with the word un on it and change things in my life? Wouldn't that be awesome? If, if it almost, I don't know, like a get out of jail free card or a coupon or something, like if I could just carry that around and when something happened that I needed to completely change it and turn it around, I could just pull out my uncard. Maybe we could market some of those for this series. We'll, we'll give everybody an uncard. How many of you know it's not really that simple? There, there, you can't just say the magic word and, and oh, un, and it's going to go away. But I will tell you, there, it's not as clean and cut and dry as clicking the button on a computer. But there is something that is powerful enough that it begins to cause things to completely turn around in our lives. There is something that brings the power of un into our lives. And, and if you saw the initial title screen that I had up there, underneath un, small print at the bottom, it said kingdom realities. And how many of you know that the kingdom of God begins to do things that are opposite to the way the world goes. When, when we realize we are citizens of the kingdom, un starts to happen in our lives. Things that were going one direction begin to turn around and go the other direction. Things that were going down and we saw, oh, there's no hope for them, they begin to get filled with hope again. There is a reality of the kingdom that when we are becoming believers of the kingdom promises in Scripture, we begin to see un happen. Things turn around from the way they were going. Look at your neighbor and say, un's a good word. And if you don't believe me yet, just hang on. You'll, you'll believe me later. Un, un is a good word. And uh, we, we really are kingdom people here at this church. 
We, we believe that Jesus came to inaugurate something, to kick it off, to launch it. He brought the kingdom with him. Uh, I believe there are some things that hold us down that when we realize we are kingdom people, they turn around in our lives. And, and that is, I will say this, right up front is a commercial. I believe one of the reasons Jesus came, he, come on, he came to save us, came to destroy the works of the devil. There's a whole list you could put. But one of the reasons Jesus came was to inaugurate the kingdom. To, to launch it and to kick it off. And there, there is an aspect of the kingdom not being fully seen in this realm right now, right? Are there, are there still things that are messed up in our lives? I got, I got three amens and the rest of us won't admit it at church. Are, are there things in this world that aren't lining up that you look at them and you say you just know that's not what God wants? So there is an aspect that the kingdom hasn't fully arrived yet, but Jesus definitely came to open the door to it. And when, when he came and walked on this earth, he, he launched it, he initiated, he planted the seed of it. However you want to look at it, he said, it's open now for you to access. And that's, here's a verse for you in, in Matthew chapter 4. I don't, have, I don't want to unpack all of this today, especially what time it is. But Matthew 4, 17, uh, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words, Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. And uh, just a couple things to touch on. When it says from that time on, what time was he talking about? Was he talking about lunchtime? From 4 o'clock on Monday, it's open now? When he said from that time on, if you read that whole thing in context, what had just happened was John the Baptist got imprisoned. And John the Baptist was the embodiment, the representation, the pinnacle of the old covenant, of the law, of keeping performance-based religion that gets you into God's presence by what you did. And Jesus says, hey, that's been put out of the way. From that time on, the law has been locked up. It was about to be nailed to the cross is what actually happened to it. But from that time on, Jesus began to preach to people, the door to the kingdom has been opened. You can access it now. It, as, it is at hand, some of your translations may say. What's that mean? It's close enough that I can touch it and grab it. I can get something out of that realm and see it come into this realm because Jesus, the door himself, just came and said, you have access now. That's a good word, Lord Jesus. Thanks for putting it in there. And, and the way that he said we can access it is repent. I don't know. I... My part in the Old West murder mystery this weekend was the fiery traveling preacher. Like, part of that wasn't a stretch for me, but part of it was. And I, like, like you're, some of you are thinking the preacher part's a stretch for you, but it was the fiery part I was trying to grasp. And so I, I went around the house last night uh, telling everybody that was at the party, Repent! Like, that, that was my big go-to line, because that's like all the fiery preachers. How many of you know when you see the word repent in Scripture, it's usually not a very quiet word? Like, like do you picture, really, do you picture Jesus sitting with the Jesus fingers on, on, this, on the hillside and telling the people that came to him, you need to repent? Do you, do you really picture it that way? Do you picture John the Baptist with his locust skin and his honey and all the locust teeth stuck in his mouth? Do you picture him coming into the middle of the crowd and saying, hey, you guys, could you, if, if you get around to it, could you repent this week? 
No, repent. He was fiery about it. I think it was a loud word. It was repent. There's something happening right now that you need to change your mind. You need to change your beliefs. You need to leave your sins behind because there's a realm that's been open to you right now. And I actually, I picture that that sounded different depending on who John the Baptist or Jesus were saying it to. I think when, when he said it to the religious leaders of that day that had shut the kingdom in men's faces, I think there was a little bit of an edge to it. You guys need to repent. There's something, you're keeping people out of the kingdom. There was, leave that religion behind, leave the rules behind and embrace the grace I'm offering you. And I think when he talked to unbelievers, there was a little bit of, you need to repent. There's a realm open to you that you can't imagine how good it is. The abundant life that Jesus said he came to give is access through being kingdom people. But repent requires some action. I'm going to change what I'm believing about that. I'm going to leave something behind. I'm going to embrace something new. And that was the message Jesus came to say, hey, it's time to change your thinking because I've I've opened the way to something that you've never experienced before. There is a reality of heaven that's been released upon the earth right now. And Jesus Jesus was very clear. It was a right now reality. He, He told the people at one point, he cast out a demon and they were giving him grief. Like, he only did that because he's in league with the prince of demons. You remember that story? The religious leaders tell How could you? They got mad because Jesus healed people and set them free. And they're arguing with Jesus. He only did that because of the prince of demons. And what did Jesus reply to them? He says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom has come in your midst. He's giving them pictures that it, it was a reality for right now. It wasn't for one day off in the future. It was from right then, from that time on. This is what Jesus did in Matthew 4, 23. It says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Come on, the kingdom was Jesus' message, and the evidence of it, or the display of the kingdom life, was people got set free and healed. There was a change. There was an un that came to their circumstance. He did something in their lives that made it the opposite of the direction it was going. You've been bound for 37 years. Get up and walk. You you guys are hungry out here on this hillside all day. Eat this food that came from five loaves and three fishes. Come on. There was a reality that he brought into the circumstance that changed where people were living at that moment. And when you're reading through the scripture, don't get, don't get bent out of shape. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they, they are the same thing. It's just different writers of the gospels using different terms. But no one that heard Jesus talk about the kingdom would have assumed he was talking about the afterlife. Come on, you are missing a whole lot of promises in your Bible if you read the phrase kingdom of heaven and you just think, oh, that's heaven one day after I die. I'll say that to this side too. I got some good rights over here. You're missing a whole lot of promises in this book if you relegate it to, oh, I see that phrase and it's just talking about after I die. When, when Jesus started to talk to them, uh, he told the Jewish leaders that prostitutes and tax collectors were entering the kingdom faster than them. And I don't think he was talking about, look how quickly they're dying. Like, like he wasn't trying to make the case of, oh, they're getting to heaven faster than you. They're believing quicker than you. He was talking to the religious leaders. You've got so many hang-ups that you can't accept me, that the scripture is about me. And those people over there, the sinners and the sick and the lowly that I came for, they're getting it faster than you. They're entering the kingdom and they're seeing the abundant life happen right now. And when, when he told people in Matthew 6, seek first, what? 
Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. He wasn't talking about, hey, let's all commit mass suicide. Like, oh, we're going to get to the kingdom quicker. Let's have the altar call and get your guns ready. Like, that's not what he was preaching. There is a reality that you can lay hold of right now, that you can seek it and find it, that there is something, there are promises that are for you. He said, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom has been forcefully advancing, Matthew 11. That is not later on language. That is Jesus saying, hey, since I've come on the scene, there is a reality that's been expanding. There is heaven that's being seen more and more everywhere that I go. People are being healed and set free from demons, and they're seeing their lives transform. They're having hope again. That's what the kingdom was doing in people's lives. And there is a verse. He was, he was talking to Pilate at what time uh, before he was crucified. And, and Pilate got all excited because Jesus actually said he was a king. And what did Jesus say? He says, my kingdom is not of this world. How many of you remember that verse? He's, he's having a conversation. Pilate's like, oh, so you are a king. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. He actually tells Pilate, if my kingdom were from this world, my followers would have fought you to keep you from arresting me. But what does that mean when he says it's not from this world? If you study that out, he's actually telling Pilate, my authority and my power doesn't come from this world's systems. The, the government of Rome didn't give me my kingdom. The Jewish leaders did not give me my authority in the kingdom that you're seeing displayed before you. What he was saying is not my kingdom is just for the afterlife or some other place. He's saying the power that I carry doesn't come from this realm, but it does get experienced in this realm. Like, could you say it this way? God's kingdom is not from earth, but it is for earth. Come on, can we get that in our understanding and believers this morning? God's kingdom comes from heaven, but it is for the earth. Why is that? Because the earth is where things are jacked up. Come on, in heaven right now, I'm pretty sure things are being done exactly as God wants them. That there is no crying, there are no tears, there is no sickness, there is no death in heaven right now. So the the heaven realm is where the kingdom is being perfectly experienced, but where needs the kingdom to come? Right here. Right now, there is an aspect of where we are living that that Jesus was saying, hey, I'm demonstrating how you can change this circumstance. You can bring the kingdom in such a way that it turns things around, that you see the effects of un, the opposite comes. The, the Aramaic translation in that verse, actually Jesus tells Pilate when he says, my kingdom's not from this world, he actually implies in the Aramaic, my kingdom is not yet in this world. You're not seeing the full effects of it yet, but it's coming. It's on the way. Man, Jesus Jesus really wants the earth to be changed. He looks at our lives and the brokenness of the people we see around us, the effects of sin, the effects of the grave, and he wants heaven to be seen more than that. He really wants an abundant life to come. He really did give us keys to the kingdom. If you remember that verse in in Matthew 16, he actually tells the disciples, I've given you the keys to the kingdom so you can bind and loose things that are bound and loose in heaven here on earth. There really is an aspect of what's going on in heaven is meant to impact what's going on in earth right now. And just a simple definition for it this morning. Uh, I believe the, the kingdom, a simple definition could be the kingdom is seen wherever the rule of the king is manifested. 
When you see whatever Jesus wants happening, the kingdom has come. When, when righteousness starts to abound, when peace comes to people's lives, when healing comes, you can look at it and say, wow, the, the kingdom has just appeared there. If, if you have eyes to see it, you will see it. That's good, Pastor Chris, but tell me more. Okay, I will. Because we, sometimes we think we're, we're waiting for these big explosions of things to happen, and sometimes there are little things that go on in our lives. It's like, oh, Jesus, you just, a little bit more of the kingdom came in my life this morning. And the, the un that I want to share about the kingdom this morning, because there, there are some uns that go along with the kingdom, I want to tell you that the kingdom is unshakable. There, there's, this is a foundational truth that we have to get in us this morning. Hebrews twelve twenty eight says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, everybody say unshakable. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. That is something we have to get deep down inside of us, that we are citizens of a kingdom that can't be shaken. When everything around us starts to shake, when there are circumstances that, man, I don't even know how things are going to work out. It's, it's unsteadied. I don't know what's coming next. There should be something inside of us that can't be shaken. We can't be shaken because we live in the kingdom. I, I may be walking around here on the earth, but where is our citizenship? The Bible tells us it's in heaven. I, I am a citizen of a place that goes beyond what you see in the natural. And I can't be shaken because I am a member of the citizenship. My, my home is in heaven, my kingship, my citizenship is there. And what it does is knowing this, according to that verse in Hebrew, should produce thankfulness in us. We should have an awe of, as, come on, as temporal, shakable people that live in the earth, there should be an awe that comes over us. Jesus, you did something that can't ever be taken away. You, you did something that can't be shaken. There are principles, rules, and, and things that operate in the kingdom that go around what the world does. Here's why it's beneficial to be part of something that can't be shaken. When two things collide, the unshakable one wins out every time. I don't, I don't know... What's the, I don't know which one wins, the, the immovable object or the irresistible force. I, all I know is the kingdom is unshakable. And when something comes into contact with it, the one that is unshakable is the one that wins out every time. Go, there's that picture. Which one of those things is moving? <laughs> Come on. You ever feel like you're about to be overwhelmed and the waves are crashing against you? There is something in our lives that is unshakable that when the waters of this world hit it, when the turmoil comes, what's unshakable wins out every single time. And here's, here's a last story I want to give you. There, there were a couple of Jesus followers named Paul and Silas. And uh, they were going around preaching about the kingdom. They were demonstrating it. They, they had an opportunity where this demon-possessed girl was following them around, causing problems, and Paul was troubled in his spirit. And he set her free. He turns around and he commands that spirit, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And it's, it says instantly the spirit left her. And the guys that had been, this girl, they'd been using her to tell people's fortunes and, and to use the demonic power that was in her to make money. And it says they realized their ability to make money had just left. Paul set this girl free, and it caused these guys to get a little upset. 
Come on, if, if your livelihood just got taken away, you get a little ticked off about it. And they stirred up the crowd against Paul and Silas and got them arrested. And so here's Paul and Silas thinking, I'm just doing good deeds. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm setting people free. Come on, how many of you know the kingdom is promised to those who endure persecution for the sake of Jesus? And they, they get put in prison. They get beaten. They get locked up in this jail cell. What would you be doing at this moment? Yeah, thank you. You've read the end of the story. You might do that, but I would be whining. I would be upset. I would be thinking, man, I would, Paul and Silas, I'd be saying, Silas, we need a career change. This isn't working out the way I thought it was going to work out. Come on, at the first sign of hardship, that's, that's where most of us go, is I'm going to do something different. And at some point during the night, Paul and Silas had an epiphany. They remembered we are part of an unshakable kingdom. I need to get back to the point where no matter who's arrested me, who's beaten me, who's thrown me in this dark prison, I need to get back to a place where I'm unshakable also because that's the king I serve and the kingdom I'm part of. And they remembered, how did we access that? What did we do? Was it, was it finding a map? Was it, was it calling up our friend? They remembered, oh, when we worship, stuff changes. Circumstances turn around. When, when, we, when we center ourselves back on the king of the kingdom and make room for him, stuff changes. And so they began in the middle of the night, which totally goes against the grain of what most of us would do. It says around midnight. Come on, the darkest time of the night, around midnight, they began to pray and to worship. And as they're doing this, this is what says happened in Acts chapter 16. It says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And all at once, the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. We are part of a kingdom that's so unshakable. That when we remember it, when we access it, when we begin to worship, the very foundations of the things that are keeping you in bondage will begin to shake. The chains will start to fall off. Do you know how hard it has to shake for chains to fall off? I could see an earthquake causing the prison doors to open or the walls to fall over, but it shook so hard that it caused the chains to literally fall off their hands and feet. They accessed an unshakable kingdom and it shook everything around them that could be shaken. And Jesus, in that moment, he said, this is what it looks like to be part of an unshakable kingdom. All your bondages fall away. All the chains fall away. The things that are keeping you imprisoned are going to disappear. And when the kingdom comes, when we make room for that in our lives, it begins to affect more than just us. Come on, if you read the rest of that story, what happened? The, the guy running the jail... The actual guy that had them beaten and thrown in the jail gets saved in his whole family. When we make space for the kingdom to come in our lives, it affects our families, our friends, our co-workers, in, in circles going out from our lives, it affects the people around us with the kingdom. There has to be, at some point, we've got to get back to, come on, we go through hard stuff every week. How, how many in this room you've experienced a hardship since last Sunday. Come on, it could be big, it could be small. I don't care what it is. Hands all over this room are going up. Why is that? Because we live in this world and there are hard things that come. And somehow, in the middle of those hardships, we have to get back to a place where I realize I'm a citizen of a kingdom that can't be shaken. And I don't, I don't know how to handle these things that are going on around me. I don't know how to mend that relationship. I don't know how to make this right. I don't know how to produce healing in my own body. 
But at some point in those middle of those hardships, I got to get back to a place where I say, I need to access the kingdom right now. How do I do that? In the middle of that thing, no matter what you have to do to get there, come on, please, no matter what it takes for you to get out of that place, we got to come to a moment where we say, I'm going to start to worship. I'm going to remember who Jesus is. I'm going to begin to rehearse his goodness, his power. I'm going to learn those names like we heard Jehovah Rapha as God is our healer this morning. I'm going to begin to learn the names of who God is so I can begin to worship him in his fullness and see things in my circumstances change. I need to be unshakable in those moments. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. Here's here's what I believe. This is a good verse to end on today. This is what Paul and Silas were doing in that jail cell. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you, for he will never let the righteous be shaken. Whatever is weighing you down this week, whatever has been on your mind, come on, we we all have a different list, but there is a list of things that keeps us up at night. It causes us to worry. It causes us to fret. There's a list of those things that are cares of this world that we're carrying. And they're not bad things. Some of them could be good things. You're worrying about how to pay the bills and provide for your family. You may be thinking about how am I going to do that thing on the job next week because I haven't gotten enough training. Whatever it is, there's cares that are weighing us down. And Scripture says the moment I give those to Him, I become unshakable. I can stand in the middle of a storm and not be moved by it because I am a citizen of an unshakable kingdom. And so I want to do it the same way that Paul and Silas did uh, As we get ready to leave this morning, I would like you to take whatever that list is, whatever's in your head right now, the things that you're already thinking about because you've moved on from Sunday morning. Can we be honest? Do we do that sometimes? It's it's okay if, if you guys are doing it. I guess it's riskier if I'm doing that, moving on to the next thing. I want us to take whatever that list is in our head this morning, and I want us to picture giving it to Jesus. The, the same way that Paul and Silas did, we're, we're going to pray and we're going to worship before we go this morning. And we're going to choose to leave those things at his feet because we are people that can't be shaken. So, Tyler, if you want to come on up and uh, let's go ahead and stand together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to purpose to worship. That's, that is our action item this week. We are going to purpose to worship. And whatever you're feeling pressure, whatever you're feeling the worries about this morning, uh, even in the next two minutes before we go this morning, just picture yourself leaving that at Jesus' feet. And you can do that right where you're standing and singing this morning. You, you can, if you really are bold about it, maybe, maybe you're thinking like Sarah had this morning, I've got to get out of my seat and do something as an action to give some testimony or something. You, if you want to, during, while we're singing, you could literally come up front and just do this motion. Like I'm leaving something with Jesus this week and I'm not going to take it with me out the door. Whatever you need to do, whether that's up front or in your seat, do that. But, uh, God, we come before you right now thankful that you came to release something into our lives that is unshakable. And as we worship you, as we honor you today, uh, we ask that you would make that a reality in our lives. Lord, lift off the care and the worry and the concern of life off our shoulders and give us your unshakable peace, Lord God. Give us the knowing inside of our hearts that we can't be moved because you can't be moved. (laughs) Lord, I ask that as we give stuff to you this morning, Just manifest your goodness, Lord. Even, God, I'm asking even around this room that we would feel your presence in such a way that we leave this place lighter, that there's a spring in our step, 
that there is something about the hope that we have just growing and increasing because we've had a moment with you this morning. We say we love you, we honor you today. Let's go ahead and sing this together and then, then we'll dismiss in a moment afterwards.